Do you want to do the intro this time? Mm, I don't know if I already want to welcome people. No, okay, so. You've got this. I believe you. You can be friendly. I believe in myself. Welcoming. What are we called? What are we called? <laughs> welcome to Oddman and Squeak. My name's Tamara, and I live in this motherfucking flat. Yes, you fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Lily, and I do not live in this flat. Woo, my flat. <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes without saying that um, we definitely spend more time at your flat, and usually it's because I'm like, I must, I must leave the house at some point. Whereas I never feel that. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll be like, I have been in the house for many years now. It is time to leave, and so to leave, I will just go five minutes down the road to another house. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so I have some exciting news. Um, well, not really news yet, but hopefully it will be news. In that I have just put an offer in on a flat and had it accepted. So I might be moving to a house that I will owe a lot of money to the bank for. (laughs) 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 Owing banks money. (laughs) This is very, very exciting. And I absolutely can't wait to visit it with you tomorrow. Yeah. it's definitely going to be a work in progress. 100%. So much wallpaper to peel off. <laughs> there is so much wallpaper. It's not been decorated, it feels like, since the, at least the 60s, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have central heating. Like, it's a lot. It's a laundry list of stuff that we're going to need to do, but it's... I'm so excited. It's it's the house that someone's great-grandmother must have lived in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but it's... it's uh, so it's quite close to where we are now. It's massive it's convenient for travel and all the, mm-hmm. that kind of like london stuff all the london buzzwords all the london buzzwords and spectacularly it was within budgets so. yes. <laughs> always good always good although i i've now so the first thing i did when we got i got off the call with the real estate agent saying that the offer had been accepted and there's still a really long way to go yeah like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm having to be very adult this week I was coiling, co- coiling. I was coiling, coiling. someone. <laughs> I'm here to coil you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk to like solicitors and I have to get somebody to, in to survey the flat. I've got to oh go talk gosh. to banks. I've got a personal mortgage broker meeting oh. on Tuesday. Oh. Thank you very much to my job. She it gives me free <laughs> mortgage, mortgage broking. Mortgage, mortgage broking. Mortgage. Mortgage broking. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call him. Hello, Mordred. Hello, Mordred. <laughs> oh, it's close to Mordred. Mordred. Oh, Mordred. Back to Merlin. Always back <laughs> Always. to Merlin. But yeah, so I've had an exciting week. But it made me realise that I know we joked about it before about me not having an aesthetic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, James doesn't have an aesthetic, or at least not an aesthetic I trust. So yes. I'm gonna have to somehow get an aesthetic. And. <laughs> And having seen your Pinterest... Uh, Which I started up, I hadn't used since 2016. And I like got off the call with a real estate agent and I was like, right, I need to be on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and having having seen the basis for what it is you want to do with the flat, I am absolutely in love because the three or well, four elements that you've chosen for the lounge alone, which is that dark wood, mm. the vibrant vixen orange of your sofa... A forest hunter green and yeah. pure white yeah, is yeah. just. Mwah. I'm super excited. I need to obviously. I haven't talked to James about any of this. I've just assumed that he's not interested. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, like he will be interested. So I do need to talk to him about it. But my neighbour is banging something. It's very annoying. We'll see. If- <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to do that to see if I could terrify you. <laughs> And that's the Prosecco. <laughs> Sorry, oh I've just gosh. been holding on to that bottle. <laughs> and I was waiting for you to kind of forget I was holding it. I, that, ha- yeah, that happened pretty quickly. I was like, oh yeah, we're talking. Yay, lovely, lovely, lovely. And then, Tara. <laughs> Tara. <laughs> Tamara's gone bright red. Hello. Her hands went straight to her cheeks. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tam. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all. Here to frighten. Yes. Rarely, because I'm very rarely manager. Yes. I'm usually the one who yeah, does the are. jump yeah. scare. Yeah. Um, I also... 
also had good news this week. Um, I have a new job, which I don't know why I've said this because I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast. But yes, good news, <laughs> good news day. Woo! <laughs> new job. Uh, it's something that I am incredibly, incredibly excited for, something that I wanted to do for a long time. Um, so yeah, I am super ecstatic and super happy. Yeah, absolutely. As you should be. Which basically was just an excuse then for me to go on a shopping rampage and buy myself a whole bunch of new clothes, uh, including a gorgeous, gorgeous forest green velvet blazer. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so good. It really, really is. (laughs) So I've realised something. I just realised it as well, Lily. I just realised it as well. So we are not in my flat. We're not in my bloodless. Yeah, the boxes. I packed everything into my granny bag uh-huh. to bring over here. Remember the mic, remember my laptop. But no box. No box. But we do have the box <gasps> channel on yes. our Slack. So I'm just turning my phone on so we can do that. And I thought it would also be a really good opportunity to do another Reddit Am I the Arsehole? Because yeah. that was so much fun last time. Okay, how about you find the Am I the Arsehole? Because I don't do Reddit. I don't know what's going on there. Um, <laughs> darkness and sadness <laughs> and i will i will bring up uh slack right this second and yeah tea i drink with german bread which will bring us back to do 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 re mi fa so la ti do so do. Okay, so I am going to pick blah 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 blah. It's got to be a random term. Can't be picking. I can't. I can't pick randomly. Let me this. pick. I'll pick randomly. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. I don't believe you that it was random though. Well, it was the first one I saw when I yeah, opened the page. Nice. Yeah, Slanderous was... lies. No, I'm very upset now. Because I don't trust you. Yeah. Can you think of many reasons why I might not trust you in this yeah, case? Yeah, I'm a very trustworthy Super trustworthy. Person. Yeah. yeah. I have That's never... That's Slytherin would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you were a dragon, if you were a dragon, what would you hoard? Okay. Okay, I've been thinking about this a lot. So, inherently... My first answer would be books. That is but, my answer. But there's a problem with that, right? Okay. Dragons, fire, libraries. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like with the level of clumsy I am, oh, you'd probably yeah. be okay. Yeah. Even if you did breathe fire. Um, but I sneeze a lot. Yes, I have hay fever. Yes. I trip, fall. Many opportunities for... Uh, Flaming fire. infernos. Yeah. Um, so inherently... I have to hoard something that is fireproof. Okay. Or at least not like not immediately flammable. Aquariums. <laughs> <laughs> like empty ones. Just like glass boxes. <laughs> you have some coral. Nah. Nah, not about that life. Because you have to steal coral from somewhere. I mean, we're all hoarding things. So I yeah. guess that's sort of standard. I feel like I'm already on the way to having a hoard. Mm-hmm. And that hoard is boxes. <laughs> Yeah. Little piles of boxes. Boxes <laughs> within boxes within boxes. I don't know what it is about boxes that I find so inherently attractive. But it's, I fucking love boxes. You know what? It's the possibilities. Yeah, there's endless, so much you can do with the endless box. Endless possibilities. And like the satisfaction of being like, okay, where do I put this thing? And then having the perfectly sized box for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't buy that shit. Mm-hmm. Well you, well, you can buy that shit. But what it does evolve is you buy like 40 boxes over a two year period, and then like maybe one of those boxes fits. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never somebody who goes out and buys a specific box for a specific purpose. Yeah. I think part of the attraction of buying boxes is not knowing what that box is going to be in your life. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going out and buying a specific box for a specific purpose, you're doing it wrong. Because then it's just storage, it's yes. not a box. Yes. I, I don't Such a bullshit, like... No, 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 but, like, I understand. I understand in my soul. Uh, because I can't remember the last time I bought a box, but I have acquired many boxes. Mm. Um, 
like the most recent, well, recent, it's like a year and a half, two years ago now, uh, set of boxes that I, I acquired, which were just mwah, lovely, um, were two boxes that are this beautiful green shade uh, that I got from, mm, it was, uh, Jack had been given a present, it was the Oliver place, the olive olive place the oil in france oh yeah 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 and it was just beautiful they were gift boxes that had oils in them oh, and lovely. jack got the gift and then i was like give me the box <laughs> and i we were in and we were still in france at the time and i like carefully broke the boxes like down um mm. And to transport them to back. To transport yeah. them back, yeah. Put them between my clothes and between two pieces of cardboard so the boxes would be protected while they were flat. I'm going to protect those boxes. Yeah, brought them back to England and now it's where I house, uh, in line with the oils, I house my essential oils uh, mm. and various herby type things. That's um, lovely. Yeah, because they're just beautiful boxes. Mm. Uh, but I'd never go out my way to buy them. <laughs> no. well i do because i so it's a thing i like to bring back from somewhere i've traveled mm. is a box if yeah. i can find like a weird box from somewhere like i've got one from turkey i've got you know just everywhere i go i like to to, to bring a box back yeah <laughs> i feel like you're in deeper than i am oh 100 i like to be given I mean, boxes and acquire them <laughs> well it's because i'm also a person who gives people boxes yes yes <laughs> birthday uh, a few years ago got me so when i opened it i was really happy and i was like oh this is the best thing ever and then he told me to open the box um because when i opened it it was this beautiful autumnal like suitcase opening thing with like a little uh clip to lock it adorable uh, and it was like gold leafed and orange leaves and all of this kind of stuff and i was like oh my god this box is like the best thing I've ever that sounds gorgeous life. wow uh, but then you open it, and he'd also given me my own personalised stationery set. Oh, that's uh, such a perfect gift for you. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. You've received letters. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, absolutely beautiful. But to begin with, when I opened it, I was just like, oh my god, the box, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, so very few of my boxes have found their, their ultimate purpose. Um, you know, I've got boxes it's in well the box that is the box was pre previously a box for embroidery thread thread oh yeah so now the embroidery thread is now in a <laughs> it's just been it's been evicted and just like yeeted into a basket now. yeah it's in a tray now yeah it's just not the right vibe for a box but the problem is my spare boxes are all jewelry boxes so they have all like the internals uh, yeah. in yeah so and yet again i feel like on a basic level against shopping for a specific box <laughs> so i'm like i've just got to wait for the next box to come into my life before i can this find one for embroidery yeah, yeah this is very true i have started using my tote bags more to kind of store stuff mm. because i look i i subscribe to a couple book boxes uh, like sub monthly subscription things and the number one thing that they love to do is give every you few months give you a fucking tote bag oh yeah yeah <laughs> 100%. But also loads of kit items as well. Um, and I am a hoarder, so I can't just, like, let go of this stuff. Um, and I'm like, where do I house it? Because we're reaching the point now where I have too much stuff. Like, it's on display. We were talking about, like, I love maximalism. I'm not about that minimalist life. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, do I have trinkets? Yes. Do I have many books? Yes. You are 100% a trinket person. I love trinkets, yeah. Um, do I have a random wind chime up on my bookcase? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I want I want all of these little things. But now I'm reaching, I'm slowly reaching the point where I'm like, oh, I might have too much. Um, because one of the book boxes, again, gave me a phone stand for my desk. And I was like, well, I now have two of these. I don't have two phones. Luckily, the other one was bigger, so I was like, okay, I'll put my tablet on that one. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and then my phone on the other one. But what if I get a third? Then what do I do? What do I do? You buy a new phone. I think that's the only answer. You become a two-phone wanker. Oh, I don't know if I want to be a two Jack's a two-phone wanker. He is. You listening, Jack? <laughs> You're a two-phone wanker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, 
Yeah, I think because at a basic level, we probably have a similar amount of trinkets. Yes. But yours mostly have uses. <laughs> Whereas I just have a random gong and like a horn that I don't know how to play. <laughs> so I, I realised something the other day that I think you and I have been doing a little silent war with each other that we hadn't known, like, haven't known about. Um, and when I noticed it, I was like, oh, cool, I'll stop now. Um, because before I wasn't aware that it was like, I just kept, I kept doing something. So you have a dragon on your uh, uh, bookcase as yeah. soon as you enter the flat. Smaug. No, the other one. Oh, the, the weird green, green, green jade one. one. Yes. Yeah. So you have this beautiful dragon. And every single time I come to visit you, I straighten it. <laughs> I haven't been consciously doing it. And as far as I'm aware, I've never touched that dragon. Is it James that's doing <laughs> it? James. Because every time I then come back to it, it's been put on a jaunty angle. And I'm like, no, it looks better straight. Oh, you know what that will be? Yeah. It's because that's where I throw post. No, but it's like, because it's being moved like this, it's too much for it to... Because or, if it was being thrown post, it would, it would move the other way. Or it's mm -hmm. because the floors in my flat are super unstable. So people walking past it jiggles it. That might be it. Yeah. I'm in a silent war with your floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. Because I, I remember I dusted the top of the bookcase and I was like, okay, and now I must perfectly align these little owls. Uh, and you put the, the, the wooden statue of the lady into the pot. Yeah. And I was like, great. Because it, it doesn't, doesn't stand it up. It doesn't stand up. So I was like, okay, well, she now lives in this pot. And the dragon lives here and faces out and then every time i've gone back i'm like no the dragon must face out <laughs> you are definitely more precious about my flat than, than i am yeah absolutely yeah so i i now feel like i have to just admit defeat against the floor to the dragon yeah, the dragon now lives at a jaunty angle. I, I can't compete with the floor. So I used to bring, I've got another dragon. I've got, oh, so it's, so James, that's, I'm putting the root in here. He's a dickhead, right? <laughs> but he's also the most adorable human being alive. Um, and, Questionable. No, 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen his cheeks. He's adorable. <laughs> A lot of uh, a lot of bias being <laughs> yeah, not biased at all completely objective opinion yeah he's the most adorable creature that's ever been created okay um and when we first moved in together we had a really stupid argument about a hairbrush um and it was i asked him i was like right oh, i need to go buy a hairbrush and then he said something about me not needing another hairbrush and then I was trying to explain to him the differences between different hairbrushes yeah. and like how the one that he was saying I should use wasn't the right hairbrush and it just turned into this whole thing and we were on our way out shopping and I was like fine fuck you I'm leaving <laughs> it was one of the stupidest arguments we've ever had but he was just being so obstinate yeah. that he knew hairbrushes better than me and I was just like I'm gonna fucking this... slap you this boy with his short ass hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, I'm like, I know gel better than you too because <laughs> I had short hair for a decade. <laughs> I got short and long hair privilege. <laughs> but um, so, and I think at this point I had still short hair anyway. But I stormed off, and for me, I can't. To be honest, I can't even remember if it was the hairbrushes we are we were arguing about, but it was something along those lines. And then, so he went off into central London to do some shopping and I like stormed back to the flat and mm. blah, 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 blah. And he, like, at the back of his mind, James knows what the romance tropes are, like what his position yes. as a man in a relationship yes. is. Um, but he also, at the same time, is the most awkward and lovable being ever. Um, and so he doesn't quite get them. <laughs> So he arrived back and he was like, so I bought you chocolate and a hairbrush. <laughs> I mean, that's perfect. And I was like, you don't have to do that. I was just as much of a dick as you were. Like, this was, could you never get to a storming off level in an argument in a couple without it being both your faults? Yeah. Um, unless you went with completely the wrong person. <laughs> unless you're in a toxic relationship. Yeah. And even then, like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um. And he was like, and I was going to get you flowers, 
But then I tried to buy flowers and I realised how fucking expensive flowers are. <laughs> and I was like... Truth. Absolute truth. And I was like, well, that's fine. You don't have to get me flowers. Like, it's nice to receive flowers, but it's... You bought... Like, you were thinking about me. Mm-hmm. You bought me a bar of Galaxy and a mm-hmm. hairbrush. And that's wonderful. And he was like, no, no, I got you something instead of flowers. Oh, God. And then he produced from his bag. He'd gone into Forbidden Planet and he bought me that Smaug figurine that oh, I have. And he was like, adorable. it was the same price as flowers. And I figured this lasts longer. <laughs> that, okay. Yeah. That's adorable. Right. Yeah. That's actually adorable. He is the most adorable okay. human in life. Okay. I'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, the cutest and uh, i have brought this little smile figurine into every job i've had in london <laughs> it comes it comes and sits on my desk like when i was working in publishing it was my like desk protector it was the way people used to because we worked in an open plan office as soon as i left i got like five messages from people being like i don't know where my desk is anymore i was using you as a landmark <laughs> Your figurine. That's amazing. <laughs> and then when I was working at a digital agency, I like set up a little library in the office um, of like books that people could take in and out. And I bought Smaugin as the librarian. <laughs> and because we lived right next to the, oh, not lived, we worked right next to the an an M and S. It was when they were doing all those like mini shopping things, and you got oh, it whenever yes. you spent spent a certain amount at M and S. And because all these people kept on like getting these like little mini groceries, they kept on giving it like as an offer, like an offering to Smaug. So it was like Smaug the librarian in the corner with all these books, and then he had like a little M&S shopping cart with like different M&S essential range stuff in it, and it was just adorable. It was his grocery business on the side. Absolutely. Get your books. Get your groceries. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so I so I was about to unfairly make a comment about um you know james getting you the smaug thing and then i was gonna be like jack where's my smaug uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> i don't have a fucking leg to stand on because a not that important to this but jack is not my uh romantic partner we are friends um b jack buys me so many things he does <laughs> he is the best gift giver he is so he- good just brilliant. all the time. Anything and everything that Jack has ever gotten me, I'm just like, this. I didn't even know that I needed it or wanted it, but it is beautiful. It is the best thing ever. So he gave me the best gift I think I've ever received. Yes. Which is a copper gnome. Yes. And it's a copper gnome, and I've used it once for its original purpose. It's yes. meant to be something that you drink, drink out of. The hat yeah. comes off, there's a straw in the back, but it's just this like adorable copper <laughs> yeah. gnome. And it's about what, like, 10 inches yeah, high yeah. like it's a, a decent size gnome and it was a special edition thing for um like a very specific alcohol i can't yeah. even remember what the alcohol I don't know was. What it was and jack was like right so they only had like three left so i bought it like i'm keeping the alcohol but i'm giving you the gnome and i was like this is the best thing ever <laughs> i love I it, it was, so much i think it was vodka I'm yeah, yeah, yeah it was like it was something like that and, yeah. and he was like I know you don't like vodka so I'm keeping the alcohol but I've got you this gnome <laughs> I'm just like this is the and best it's so beautiful it's so good and yeah I love great. it so deeply he is I don't understand how he does it he just always gets you like gets the right thing mm. um he understands it's also because he puts a lot of thought into it he puts it's, a lot of thought yeah it's because it's the way he expresses love yeah like you know lots of people have very different love languages Mine is being mean. Um, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it's when you know you've reached friendship with Tam is mm-hmm. where she like just casually takes the piss out of you. If constantly. I'm if I'm really nice to you, chances are I don't really have an opinion about you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much worse than saying you don't like someone. <laughs> well, because I I never say I I don't like someone. I just don't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm. They exist. I'm trying to think what my love language <laughs> is. My my love language is probably talking. Like, I tell people I love them a lot. I tell yeah. them people why I love them. You know, and, like... Yeah, and spending time. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. Caring for Yeah, like, I'll go to the fucking ends of the earth for yeah. people I, I love. Like. Oh, now I'm like, what is my actual love language? Do I actually... <laughs> no, 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 because... No, but... Being mean is a love language. No, but it's banter. It's... Yeah. You absolutely express it beautifully. <laughs> and when you are having an emotional moment... You're not afraid to tell somebody how you feel about them. Yes. You're very um, reaffirming of other people's 
um, like positive yeah. Yeah. traits. Like you, you know, you're you're a wonderful friend. You know, I love this podcast so much. <laughs> Thank you. It's just like affirmation time. <laughs> <laughs> and here for our daily affirmations. I am fire. I am death. <laughs> Yeah. On the smile theme now. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, go-to gifting uh, thing is I just buy people theatre tickets. Oh, but it's excellent. But it's also incredibly selfish because <laughs> it's just me being like, so you are going to go and experience something and isn't that great? And you're going to see this thing that you've really wanted to see for ages. But also I get to come along and have fun. <laughs> But Tamara is the theatre fairy. I am the theatre fairy, She yeah. is so keyed in to when stuff is happening, when tickets are cheap, how yep. to get cheap tickets in certain theatres, yep. and so on and so forth, that whenever I'm like, uh, Tamara, I want to go see this thing, I'll be like, I looked at the website and this was the cheapest I could find. And you'll come back and you'll be like, nah, I found it. 50 quid less. Like... <laughs> Like, seats, so I looked like... at the website and it's like seventy five pound a ticket, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's astonishing. <laughs> We're I'm not like... paying more than forty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even then, that's for a special occasion. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like to spend more than like twenty five, thirty pounds sometimes on tickets mm. because I don't know. That just comes from like going to the theatre a lot because I'm like, I don't need to sit in you know the 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 one hundred and fifty pound best seats yeah. ever. Because, because they're just as uncomfortable as they are just as uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> they're just as uncomfortable. And actually you can get a really good view from other seats that aren't valued as much. Mm. Um, and I am always willing to have my knees crushed slightly in order to save sixty pounds. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. So, yeah. only have debilitating pain for like two hours. And yeah. then you're fine. Yeah. And like and I learned from my experiences because we went I me and Jack went to see come from away and um we were in really bad seats um right 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 at the back but it's such a tiny theater that the view was fab the view was absolutely fine but unfortunately at the back the seats were like the leg space was non-existent it was awful mm. um and so having having done that and i'm like okay now i know how this theater works because uh, it was the first time i'd ever gone there um it's a good right no, 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 no. That was where we saw company. Right. Um, it's where... Isn't it on um, Tottenham Court? Yeah. It's where... I think this was where Blues Brothers was at one point. Um, it's opposite Foils, right? Yes, opposite Foils, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It's where Blues Brothers used to be. Uh, so it was my first time going into that theatre. And now I'm like, I have learned my lesson. So me and you are going to see it and... We're not sitting in those same seats, <laughs> but uh, because of all the pandemic stuff, um, I managed to get us like a slight upgrade to the the front row of the whatever it's called, Ugh. the gods. But yeah, that sounds really good. I've got to rebook my Hamilton tickets. My whole family. Oh, I yeah. really need to fucking do it. I've been putting it off for fucking ages. Yeah, you need to do that. Yeah, because I've effectively got hundreds of pounds worth of yeah. seats that I've not yeah. booked. Oh my gosh. I need to get on that quickly. Yeah. It's now starting to... Go back up are, again. Yeah, people are now starting to realise that theatre is opening up yeah. and that they need to get their tickets. Oh, Jesus, maybe I'll do it this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it. Because... And this is the thing. So, like, obviously I buy cheap tickets for the theatre, like, constantly. That's just something that I do because... Like I was saying, I have been to the theatre so many times that I, I don't feel the need to have it be a special. It's not like a big deal for me. Mm. Um, it's I'm going there to experience this thing that I've enjoyed. It's great. the joy of Tam having spent most of her life in London. <laughs> yes. Is you because it's so accessible. Yeah. It just because it's, you know, it's cheaper than a meal out. Yeah. By 100%. quite a substantial margin. Yeah. yeah. You know, and oh, oh, so Tam is the only person I know who's won Hamilton raffle hey. tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just so on this shit. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, so yeah, but when I went to see Hamilton the first time, when I went to see Waitress the first time, and various other shows, if it's like a big thing that I'm super excited for and it's the first time it's making its appearance in the West End, then I'll spend buck. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, because like... 
But yeah. if you're going to go see Les Mis for the fifth time. Yeah. 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 I'm like, and you know, Prince of, I'm going to see Prince of Egypt and I paid £20 mm. a ticket. I ended up buying four tickets because. Um, you just figured other people would want to come. Yeah. I was like, other people want to come. So I'm just going to buy all four tickets because you could, uh, you could only buy in twos. And I was like, well, there are four tickets left where I'm buying. So mm. I'll buy them all. Um, it's but, great because Tam will just give you a call and she'll be like, I've got tickets to this. Do you fancy it? <laughs> I, I, almost always I'm like yes yeah. um, but it's no skin off your nose because you know you're always going to I'm always going to be able to find yeah, yeah. Um, and then like going to see Six the Musical with Liv now that's a special occasion she's coming down from Wales mm. to spend a weekend um, and it's something that like she's super excited to see so I'm like okay well we'll, we'll buy proper seats <laughs> we'll spend money <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're like third row from the yeah. stage for that one. Oh, nice yeah um so i think it just like we bought... I, I feel like i have theater privilege from just having grown up with it that i'm so blasé about it whereas mm. other people see it as like this is a it's a massive advantage to i mean i i grew up like oh, hour outside of london yeah so we do school trips in all mm-hmm. the time to go to the globe or yeah. you know and, and just like to see theater and it was cheap because it would just be group tickets, which yes. are already cheaper. Yeah. School tickets, already cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then we just jump in the minibus with our English teacher and they yeah. take us up to see something. Um, and I don't think I quite realised just how fucking difficult it is to see theatre if you don't live close to like London or yep. Birmingham or yep. Edinburgh or somewhere where they do like regular regular rotations of shows. Because, yeah. I mean... When I lived in Wales, um, going to the theatre was such a pain in the arse because I was either looking at a five-hour journey in a coach in order to have cheap transport to get to London, then having to, you know, well, if I'm going to London to see something, uh, it needs to be a whole weekend thing because you can't just, you can't Mm. just pop. Um, Or £60 uh for if i want to go on the train and actually travel comfortably um and then because you're having to go at the weekend that means you're in prime theater time which means the prices skyrocket yeah yeah um yeah it was just an absolute pain in the ass and then shows would travel so that they would come to cardiff but because they're traveling shows uh limited nights limited nights and there are no good deals it is yeah this is the premium all premium yeah yeah um so it was like so depressing i was so ready to be back in london (laughs) (laughs) it's just one of those things i know it's like becoming a like a bigger topic of conversation so i've been seeing a lot of it in because i've been following a lot of publishing news recently yes is the region why is the regional bias for a lot of arts industries so publishing is one of them theater you know the fact that you if you want to be in a lot of these arts um focused industries then you need to move to london and Mm. that is such a premium yeah like if you don't have friends and family that you can crash with in london it's really hard to relocate to london Mm -hmm. without having any support base here Mm -hmm. um like the rental market is an absolute nightmare yeah I remember giving a talk at our university. I was invited back um, to talk about just career stuff and everything. Um, and one of the things that I said, I talked about um, not having family and not having that ability to fall back on uh, like family to, you know, um, oh, can I live rent free or can I live yeah. cheap rent for like the next year while I set myself up? And I said to people, like, I highly, highly recommend that you take note of your friends and you care for your friends and take advantage of those relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, and like the word take advantage, it has negative connotations to it. But like support each other, be there for each other. If you move to London, make yourself available to I'm 100% other people. I'm 100% ask mm-hmm. because 
I mean, I don't know. Yeah. There aren't many people that if they were like, look, dude, I just need somewhere to crash for a month. Yep. While I find a flat in London that yep. I'd say no to. I could yep. like actively dislike him as a person and I'd probably still be yep. in my spare room. And, and yeah, and, and you should, more people should do that. It should just be an open invitation of, hey, you know, if you're, if, if we're friends or acquaintances on that mm. kind of level and you're moving to London for a job, 100%. Yeah. Have my sofa me. for the next month. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so fucking, fucking hard. Difficult. So hard to get set up. If I... Because it's... Obviously, it's a different circumstance with me and you because I think we know each other quite well. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, you're like chosen family so hard. Like, <laughs> I don't know any anyone in the world I'm closer to. <laughs> but I... I made the decision to move from Birmingham to London. It was something that I was looking to do, but I made the decision that I was going to start job searching and then within two months had found a job. Um, And that was not the timeline that I thought I was going to be on. I was looking at like, you know, six months down the line Mm. so that I can save money for a deposit and rent and all of these things. And instead it just like, it rocketed and it was like, okay, shit, I now need to hand in my notice and I need to, what am I going to do? And, you know, I I knew that I was okay and it wasn't a worrying thing because mm. I knew that you had a spare room. And yeah. if you didn't have a spare room, I'd sofa. stay on the sofa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I knew I didn't have to worry about that and that I could move down to London and then take the time to be like, okay, and now let me look for somewhere to live and not rush into something. Yeah because um, it I mean the rental if you get stuck in a rental mm, contract for somewhere shitty in London yeah. it can be really damaging yeah. and especially if you have any mental health issues living with strangers you know like there's there's just a lot of knock on effect for having to rush into a situation in London when I got my first job in London I so I was working a temp job with a digital agency near where I grew up and then I got an offer for to work for a publisher in London and all of the publishers are in central London like mm-hmm. there's there are I think there's one what Cannon Gates in Edinburgh or and there are a couple of there's others like a, a little bit Stoke more and, regional yeah. but really if you want to work in publishing you have to work in central London and the line I was so I then was like right well I'm living rent free with my parents at the moment I'm like I was very lucky that my parents were able to do that for mm-hmm. me. Um, like all I was, con- I was contributing to food and that kind of thing. Um, well, I say contributing. My parents wouldn't let me regularly contribute, so I was like <laughs> stealth contributing to food, where I just like buy as many groceries for them as possible. <laughs> uh, it's something I still do with my parents because they refuse to to charge me for stuff. So when we were in lockdown. Uh, we went back to my parents for quite a while and mm-hmm. the way they wouldn't take anything from us <laughs> so we bought them a, yeah, so we bought them an outdoor furniture set yeah. and we're like you can't refuse it's a gift it's you a have gift. to take a gift and when I was back there last time I was like right I'm just going to keep buying new technology like every time you mention like needing something I'm just going to buy it and that's it's not something you can refuse because it's a gift um, but yeah and but even living rent free, my train ticket every month was just over five hundred quid mm-hmm. to get into Central. Yep. So I was like, I might as well. I mean, London rent that wasn't going to happen. But I was like, it's only marginally more expensive <laughs> for me to be living in London. Uh, but I did that for, I think it was like ten months, and it was you know, two hours each way, yeah. every day. Um, sometimes longer depending on the way the trains ra- trains ran. Uh-huh. Um, constant delays and like just yeah, being stuck just in fucking Paddington. Um, and you know, and it was just really draining. On the positive side, for my first job in publishing, I read so much. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours either way. I was yeah. reading like eight books a week. Like it was. That's the life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was so ready to not do that anymore and. Luckily, I had Nate in London, and it was when you were still thinking about yeah, coming out to London as I well. Yeah, because I just graduated. I yeah. was coming up to my graduation, and I was like, I'm going to move into like with you to London. And then 
I love the job hunt. Yeah. Jesus. And I just ended up getting a job in Cardiff instead because I was like, oh, like, yeah, it and wasn't it wasn't happening in London because it's it's always and it's it's, you know, it's something that I'm disappointed in myself for not realizing just how privileged I am to have the family that I do and come from the background that I come from. Mm. Because no matter what happens, like I could declare bankruptcy tomorrow mm. and I'd have somewhere to go. Yeah. Like absolute default. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that I always had that safety net underneath yeah. me, like financially and emotionally, yeah. like having somewhere to sort of go back to lick wounds if I need to mm-hmm. is such a privilege because it means you can take risks. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, watching you go through job hunts, what, watching you make just big life decisions about where you're going to live, it's, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where I, I want to be as much of a safety net for you as possible, <laughs> but it's that knowledge that that's not something that you've had automatically. It's not something yeah. you're comfortable with either. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just, I think anybody who has that safety net just needs to is that little bit of perspective of knowing that that is absolutely a privilege and yeah is... just how much of a privilege it is yeah uh, yeah um that's i kind of forget sometimes that we're recording a podcast and i'm like yeah we're just having a conversation between the two of us i was about <laughs> to tell you something and then i was like no way that's incredibly personal i can't have that out on the podcast i'm gonna tell you anyway yeah um so when i was in my final year there was a problem with my i think like my final installment for my grant or something and it wasn't coming mm. through and i was gonna have to like wait um two months or so and it meant that i couldn't pay for rent and i didn't have any money whatsoever for groceries and as a large last ditch thing i still had uh like an uncle and an aunt on facebook so I remember, like, remember I said, like, I found them and then they mm. just never spoke to me. And I was like, oh, this is a bit, why do I have you? Yeah. So I sent them both a message on Facebook where I was like, hey, um, because there'd been like a little bit of like, oh yeah, we should totally talk at some point. Mm. Um, and there'd been one phone call with me and the uncle. Um, but yeah, um, and so I contacted my husband, like, hey, hey, so this is the situation that's going is going on. Is there any chance at all? that like um you could give me a short loan you could or... give me a short loan like at this point i was just like just like 50 to 100 pounds just so i can get some like groceries i can eat over the next like month and both of them saw the message um and one just replied with no and the other one went uh no i won't be able to do that and then didn't speak to me again for another year and i was just like yeah what why do i have yeah people on here like (laughs) what is the point yeah um and i'm like i get it because that's super cheeky you know a random person being like but it's not like you were like hey i'm short on concert tickets would you mind lending me 100 quid right you were like i have no fucking money i'm a student like you know and this is such a you are honestly the last people that i would ever ask because i get it we haven't seen each other in like 20 years um but you reached out to me you're the ones who added me on facebook like mm. you know um and talked about how like oh you didn't know all the stuff that was going on in my life you didn't know what rachel had done um and yeah mm. yeah i think it's one of those things where i think a lot of people forget about inherited privilege right? yeah where yeah. so you know my my parents are both middle class um you know both of them it's one of those things I find really actively frustrating Yeah, is when somebody is very clearly middle class mm. and I'm like you might not have the same like annoyingly posh accent that I do you might not have <laughs> um, you know I not, might not have been brought up in a weird fucking cottage in the middle of the home counties like I was but that doesn't mean that you're not middle class yeah yeah <laughs> like you could be northern and middle class like yeah we just have a different accent um but it's the acknowledgement that just because your great grandfather was working class doesn't make you inherited right. working class. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, my my great grandmother ran a cafe off the A3 in El- in Essex her entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I you know, 
I have working class roots, but that's so far away at this point. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of for some reason? Danny Dyer finding out that he's like related to Henry VIII or something. Oh, is it Charlemagne, wasn't it? Oh, Charlemagne? I don't know. Yeah, I can't but remember. Finding out he's related to like that. And I'm like, do you know how many people could actually trace their family history back to that kind of thing? Quite a fucking lot. Yeah. Like quite a Huge lot. That's proportion. kind of how that's kind of how family trees work. Yeah, you know, they, they just, just get, get bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. <laughs> Um, but at least he's not going around now being like, well, I'm royal. <laughs> Although I definitely hope he is. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can deal with inherited that way. Like, I, I'm, I'm on board with this. But it's the idea that just because your parents were, or maybe your parents grew up working class, or it doesn't mean that you haven't inherited the privilege of growing up in a, from a middle class background. Yeah. Like the so it's just like a long laundry list of things right like have you ever worried about when the next meal is coming from Mm -hmm. have you ever had to chip in for like bills because your parents couldn't like have you ever had to have like a serious discussion with a parent about like any sort of financial financial issue like were you in uniform and was that paid for Mm-hmm. easily like yeah you know there's a whole laundry list mm-hmm. of things it's just privilege yeah and it's 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 i always think that the easiest way to whenever i'm talking to somebody and they're like well everybody who uh says that i've got privilege whether that privilege is from being white whether that privilege is from being straight whether that privilege is from being uh middle class like whatever the privilege is well i've still had to work hard and like nobody's fucking saying that you haven't had to work hard, mm-hmm. but you started five steps ahead of the person yeah. behind you. And it's it's not that you didn't work hard; it's that somebody who doesn't have your privilege has had to work harder. Yeah, uh, it's it's the acknowledgement that if you've grown up in a stable household uh, that's financially stable, that has if you have parents who can who love you and are there you emotionally mm-hmm. if you have parents who you know it's a basic shit like having books in the house having a parent who can help with homework yeah having a parent who can help with homework because they know the shit but also having a parent who can help with homework because they have time to help you yeah you know ha- like the privilege of being able to have like one of your parents staying home you know th- there are so many built up privileges yeah that it's so hard to quantify yeah and it's everyone has some level of privilege. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always talk about the fact that m- one of my privileges that I have is the fact that I accidentally somehow ended up in foster care in Kensington and Chelsea. Mm. Um, and because of that, now I'm not saying foster care was good because it was not. Don't go putting <laughs> these kids into foster care unless you shouldn't have them. Exclaim, exclaimer, exclaimer. Uh, Just, disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> I, like, I like exclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> um, you know, but because of the area that I was in foster care, um, even though I still moved around uh, London and whatnot, because you don't have to foster with a borough by living in that borough. Yeah. And there's also private foster care, um, which is a whole other thing. But because of that, I went to the theatre a lot, all the time, because if there's one thing people love doing it's writing off tax things and being like Haha, we're giving away to the to the poor foster kids free tickets free tickets free tickets um and so i took advantage of that um and and that that's you know the, the privilege of growing up in london growing up in kensington chelsea um you know and and now like sometimes people meet me when i'm not talking in my like thick west london accent like what <laughs> and we'll just assume that i am a white middle class woman um <laughs> but i made the joke the other day where i was like yeah there's there's a you know middle class working class and then there's like poverty class <laughs> and that's my class <laughs> but i mean it's absolutely right it's and it's one of the things i find really frustrating about so Positive discrimination is something that absolutely yes. needs to be a thing. Yeah. And the reason it needs to be a thing isn't that people aren't, from different backgrounds, aren't capable of doing the things that, you know, 
privileged people have been doing for a long time. It's that they have systematically been denied opportunities to learn and develop. Yeah, really depressing statistic uh, that I found out in my GCSE year um, is that the national average uh, for GCSEs for looked after children is two passes. Yeah. Um, And I found that out because I thought I had failed my GCSEs. Like I was absolutely devastated because all of this horrible stuff had been going on for years, <laughs> but had been particularly bad in, uh, you know, year 10 and year 11 when you do GCSEs. So I just had not been able to do, like when I did my uh, SATs and my mocks, I got pretty much A's, B's, a couple of A stars across the board. Mm. And then when I did my actual GCSEs, I got five passes. Um, well, no, what, what is considered a pass? I got five that were like two B's and three C's. Um, and then the rest uh, So of them... A to C is a pass. There we go. So I got, <laughs> I got five passes uh, and then a bunch of D's um, and even an E. Uh, <laughs> maths. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, look, talking on privilege, right? Yeah. I have a dad who did economics at Hull. Yeah. So when it came to GCSE maths, that man dragged me physically through the maths GCSE. <laughs> like, I got an A at the end, and it was only due to him spending hours and hours and hours coaching me yeah. in maths. Whereas for me, during my GCSE year, I had a foster carer who was a locking me out of the house constantly and denying me food. Um, so I was starving for days on end, um, sitting out in the park in the rain because she wouldn't let me back in the house, uh, who at one point stopped giving me my travel money. So I was having to walk from Tooting Broadway to Labrick Grove. Holy school. shit. Yeah. Uh, South London to West London for those. So that's uh, what, like an hour, hour and a half, two hours? Yeah, it's close to two hours walk um on top of other things um which are not for the podcast um so yeah so that was my that was my final year um and it was it was awful and i failed my gcse's as far as i was concerned and then i received a congratulatory uh letter from the uh the executive director for family and children services uh congratulating me on doing so fantastically well because the fact that i'd gotten five gcse's would have like brought up the the statistics for you know looked after children in kensington and chelsea but also anyone who gets three or more gets this letter because it's such a you know you've achieved so much and i was just like this is a slap in the face because this is not achievement like i've failed my gcse's um and i was so angry but what can you do like my my thing was okay well now i have to look at college and i didn't have anyone sorry now we're getting depressing like no, but it it's just so like... necessary to talk about because yeah. i think so many people float through life without ever encountering anybody who doesn't have exactly the same background that they do mm. but i think it's really important to talk about this shit and i can say and it's another thing of privilege right i can say that it's really important for us to talk about this shit but it's not me having to bear any, you know, personal shit ever yeah. because I had an incredibly idyllic. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I, I always say that I'm I'm happy to talk about my past and I'm happy to talk about, like, how I was brought up. But after a while, I get a little bit fed up with my own voice because it starts to sound like I'm just like, Oh, woe is me. Sackcloth and ashes. Oh, woe. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, can we go back to, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's that moment in Hamilton. Can we go back to politics? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about money and religion now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? A friend of mine listened to episode five yesterday and he chose to listen to that because he was like, ah ha ha, monster fucking, that's the monster fucking episode. (laughs) And it was like 15 minutes of uh, bawdy humour and monster fucking and then we hit him with the mental health and religion talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get when you come to Oddman and Squeak. And he was like, why is it so serious? <laughs> it 
with the monster fucking <laughs> out with the religion <laughs> and i was like don't worry the rest of the episodes aren't that serious and then we come to today's episode where we're like everything is awful <laughs> everything is shit when you're part of a team <laughs> everything is awful <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, a random box thing out there because yeah, I yeah. remember one that I saw. Uh Ocean, yay or nay. You know my feelings on this. Hundred <laughs> percent you know my feelings on this. So at a basic level, I am deeply terrified of water. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's a deep, dark pit that we know fucking fuck all about. <laughs> That is full of things with teeth mm-hmm. that don't want to eat me, but would. But would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's like an active sea monster who's out there to get lilies, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I could be a casual side effect of that. Mm-hmm. Also, like, whilst I'm a reasonably good swimmer, I'm not like stranded at sea good. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, so I'm terrified of sharks. It's a phobia that I've had for a really long time. I recently tracked back my phobia of sharks um, to watching uh, James Bond way too early. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because <laughs> there's this, this James Bond film, I can't remember which one it is, where... dangled over a pit. Of... No, he gets thrown into a swimming pool oh. and then the grate lifts up and a shark eats like a dude. And oh. it's just like blood everywhere. And okay. That kind of vibe. Um, and so I'm like, great. So now I'm terrified of sharks and swimming pools. This is fantastic. <laughs> Love this for myself. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, I think on a basic level, I'm really uncomfortable with the idea of not knowing what's beneath me. And because I'm out of my element in water, right? Like yeah. I'm a reasonably good swimmer, but I'm, you know, I'm not a fucking fish. So yeah. I'm inherently not as good <laughs> in water as I am on land. Yeah. And I'm like, there are people who are better on land than but then I at least might manage to climb a tree <laughs> or run away. Like, there are so many things on land that could kill me, but at least yeah, I might have a fighting chance of running. <laughs> Whereas swimming, I'm like, nah, I'm getting like three foot and then you're snapping me <laughs> under the water and I can't breathe there. Like, there's a whole thing. <laughs> I love the water. I love the ocean. I love it so much. If there's a documentary that is about things underwater, I will watch it. Uh, I, I One just... point you were considering doing... Yeah. Marine biology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Open university course. Yeah. And... I love I love the ocean. But, now, I'm not scared of the ocean. I, I mean, there has to be a healthy respect there, right? It's unrespectful of the ocean. Jack likes to say, Tamari, I'm scared of the ocean. I'm like, no, I'm respectful, okay? I don't go doing nothing to the ocean and putting myself in dangerous situations yeah. and the ocean leaves me alone. Yeah. So I want to know all the things about the ocean, but I also want to give it space. Absolutely. I want to respect the boundaries and be like, you know what? You've got some issues. You've got some things in there that you need to sort through. And, you know, you've got some uh, weird monstrous type things happening down below. Yeah, and like, the uh, fuck is a giant squid? Oh, me getting notifications for once. <laughs> <laughs> You're fancy. <laughs> I, I forgot that I turned off my do not disturb for like the first time in four years. <laughs> uh, yeah, equal parts respectful <laughs> and keeping my distance, but also utterly, utterly fascinated. Uh, my my favourite sections of Blue Planet uh, 1 and 2 um are the the deep deep sea stuff yeah the stuff where it's like oh we have never been down here before every time we go down we discover 20 new species (laughs) right right um when cameron mcintosh went down in his little uh submarine cameron mcintosh oh wait not cameron mcintosh peter cameron no cameron the titanic guy cameron mcintosh is that peter cameron i think so now, I now need to Google this. Cameron McIntosh is the guy who brought Les Mis over to uh, the UK. He's the theatre guy. Pretty sure it's Peter Cameron. Avatar, right? Yeah. Titanic. Wait. <laughs> I somehow clicked on Titanic 2. Why is my <laughs> this is second one? Jesus. <laughs> I was like, who is this person? I need 
James Cameron. That's it, not Peter Cameron. I'm getting Peter... Capaldi. No, no I've got too much Peter Capaldi related PTSD. I'm never correcting you on a Peter again. <laughs> James Cameron went down in the submarine uh, Mariana Trench, which is like one of the deepest... It might be the deepest... It is uh, the deepest yeah, part of the ocean. ...point of the ocean. And he went down and he was there for 15 minutes. This was something like like five hours to get down to the bottom. And he was there for 15 minutes and they discovered a whole new bunch of shit. And I was just like, why? Why though? Why are you going to do that, Ocean? Why? Yeah. Um, I love the um, humans are space orcs thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, for context, it's a whole like Tumblr thing uh-huh. with the idea that we live on a death planet. Uh-huh. And so if we ever encounter aliens, they're going to be like, wait, what are your comfortable temperatures? And the like, Earth is the Australia of, of the universe. Of the universe. Like, yes. just how do people survive here? Or Why? Florida. Yeah, one of the two, like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> At least Australia has healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea being that we explore space and we still don't know, like, anything about our ocean. And then, like, an, a- and, like, an alien comes down and is like, Why haven't you even investigated your ocean? Like, you know nothing about it. And they're like, Go on, scan it. <laughs> <laughs> they scan it and they're like, We should leave! <laughs> I feel like... It's where eldritch horrors come from, for sure, is the part <laughs> of the ocean. So I don't really, I don't really like, fall into any uh, conspiracies about the ocean. Uh, you know, there are people who believe, like, there are these big, massive things down in the ocean. I've seen Megadon. Mega... Megalodon. Me- Megla- <laughs> the Meg. Meg. The Meg, that's it. <laughs> There's a hundred percent... Uh, like 400 foot shot down there just being kept at bay by like an ice yeah type thing 100 percent. yeah so yeah so i don't i don't i don't adhere to any of those conspiracies but i also would not be surprised if tomorrow it was revealed that there is like a giant fucking world snake or something that lives at the bottom of the ocean oh 100 percent. on to norse mythology they got it right yeah i just accept that the ocean is full of wonders and terrors that we cannot comprehend. Absolutely. It's one of those things, right, which... So, sharks, right? I'm terrified <laughs> of sharks. I'm also super aware that it's completely illogical. Yeah, more sharks, people are... Sharks get killed like three people a year. Yeah, more people are killed by falling coconuts yeah, every year. by quite a dramatic margin. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I should definitely be more terrified of mosquitoes and buses. Like, <laughs> on a basic level, I can Even vending machines. Vending machines, yeah, they fall on people. I mean, for me, showers. Showers <laughs> should be something I'm terrified of. I've had enough incidents of showers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, sharks are like the terrifying thing for me. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I know that not only are most shark attacks not fatal, but also... If they are fatal, that's an accident. Like the shark's not there being like, I want to eat people. They're like, you they also, just investigate things with their mouth. You also live in a land that is so shark free. We have basking sharks. Yeah. That's it. They're not even real sharks. They do get swallowed people occasionally, but. But you can make your way out of there. It's just a big old mouth. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine how fucking terrifying that would be. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so whenever I go anywhere that has sea, I spend the weeks running up to going massively investigating sharks. <laughs> Just so I know what I'm getting into. It's never actually stopped me from going in the water. It makes me very, like, my heart rate goes up massively yeah. when I'm in water. But, like... <laughs> but the one... So my favourite discovery I've ever made about sharks was... So when I we when I discovered that I was going to be going to Cornwall for university... I was like, okay, so I know that shark attacks don't happen in the UK, but just, you know, for... Going to be by the beach for the next three years. Yeah, I just, I want to know. I want to know. And so there's a cousin to the Great White that lives in North Cornwall, but they're like a foot long. Like, they're completely harmless. Yeah. They're just fish with teeth. Yeah. But, I mean, I find that terrifying enough. I got terrified by rivers because I realised that pikes were a thing. Yeah. Um, It was that fucking sword in the stone and that pike that was pursuing arthur when he yeah. was a goldfish and i'm just like I'm, I'm more terrified of the fish that have human teeth yeah those are fucking why 100 percent. yeah I'd rather you have I'm, fucking daggers i'm convinced you're stealing teeth from humans right 
<laughs> Those are not teeth you grew yourself. <laughs> Those are the teeth of the people you've murdered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so I Googled like the last shark related fatality in Cornwall when I was about to go down there. And it's my favourite shark thing. So it was two fishermen off the coast of Cornwall and it occasionally happens. Like big sharks get blown off course by yeah. tropical storms and end up uh, close to Europe. But generally, like they don't want to be there. It's fucking cold. Yeah. Like <laughs> none of the things they naturally hunt are there. Like they're getting out of there as soon as possible. Um, but the, so the shark had been blown massively off course and it was these two Cornish fishermen who were out, uh, I'm assuming, fishing. And they saw this shark, and the shark wasn't doing anything to them. It was just there. Strolling on by. Yeah. And they decided to throw dynamite at it. So they tried to blow up the shark and missed and blew up their boat. (laughs) And then the shark ate one of them. And I'm just like, you know what? You fucking deserve that. If somebody threw dynamite at me, I think I'd bite them. (laughs) That's minimum what's happening. That's not a shark fatality. That's just Darwinism. Yeah, 100%. Darwin I, I think it might have been in the Darwin Award book. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, cool. I feel completely chill about being in the water in Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not about to start throwing dynamite sharks. So. <laughs> and on that note, I think that is a good life lesson to end the podcast on this week is don't throw dynamite at sharks. Yeah, it's just a bad don't. choice. Yeah. <laughs> tuning in um again if any of you would like to contribute to the box which we don't currently have um but we'll be back next episode <laughs> it's squeak at ogman at squeak.com um if you want to check out our other episodes um you can find them all at ogman and squeak.com um and yeah thank you very much for listening hope to hear from you i guess and like see you next time. and subscribe things I yeah don't, i don't know i've heard that that is a thing yeah do it so, i don't know Thumbs up. (laughs) Thumbs up for rock and roll. Thank you so much. And we shall see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.